let us finally get into uh, AEW All Out, as this was uh, uh, a pay-per-view this past Sunday. And uh, Brian, I know you have some stuff from uh, from uh, AEW Dynamite that's gonna like you know you know tie into stuff that happened this past yeah. Sunday at All Out. So we'll kind of mesh a little bit of things together. But the, obviously, the main topic here is AEW All Out from this past Sunday. So I'm gonna dive straight into it. So AEW All Out, of course, live in Chicago. This was September third of 2023 the first match the opening match um and of course there was a zero hour like a pre-show hour guys i'm not even gonna bother going through this show again this was a a pay-per-view even though it had a lot of entertaining shit which is what we're gonna get into but this was definitely a pay-per-view that was just thrown together of course you know it ties into a lot with this whole cm punk situation of course with with uh, ricky starks as he was in a match involving his replacement we'll talk about his replacement in just a second um, as well as many other stuff. I mean, the World Heavyweight title wasn't even defended on this uh, on, on this card as well as, again, it just felt, uh, I don't know, again, it just felt just thrown together and it just didn't feel as important. Was it Was it entertaining for, for the most part? It actually was. Um, but this was just a pay-per-view that was just, again, just thrown together and just after what happened, of course, with All In and, of course, this whole CM Punk situation that's kind of just kind of just where we're at. So um, opening match was MJF and Adam Cole versus the Dark Order. This was for the ROH tag titles. Um, You know, Alex Reynolds is using a chair while the referee is distracted against MJF. So MJF is really selling the neck injury that he developed from his match with Adam Cole at All In. So they're really trying to sell that. Um, You know, doctors and officials are checking on him. MJF gets sent to the back. You know, again, he's selling that neck injury. So Adam Cole just goes at it alone. It's pretty much a two-on-one. Well, three-on-one as you had freaking Evil Uno at freaking ringside. Um, as, yeah, the Dark Order was playing the heels in this match. Very interesting. Again, we don't haven't really heard much of the Dark Order. We know that they won a certain battle royal or a contenders match to get this opportunity. And just the Dark Order have just been another team another faction whatever you want to call them and now they just immediately play the heels in this in this faction however this was more of course of adam cole and mjf and the story that they're trying to tell so i guess you can say it overshadowed the the uh the confusing booking of what the dark order has been over the last several months i should say um, but Evil Uno gets involved in the match. So again, M- you know Adam Cole is just on an island by himself. However, MJF comes down the rampway, gets back into the match. He's like, it's like Jordan in the flu game <laughs> from, I think, what Excalibur wanted to say. Uh, again, because they're in Chicago and right, right. Jordan, they want to make that comparison. Okay, whatever. Um, MJF hits a kangaroo double drop kick. Um, again, the crowd is going freaking nuts with some of these maneuvers that they're hitting this drop kick, the double clothesline. People just freaking are going berserk over these fucking moves as MJF and Adam Cole do win this match via that double clothesline. They hit the double clothesline. I believe it was onto Alex Reynolds and they win the match post match. Um, and then I'm sure this is where you're going to get into, uh, or where Brian, you're going to get into with dynamite here is, uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, he makes his way into the ring post-match. You know, he's having his match with Shane Taylor for the ROH TV Championship. Uh, he shoves MJF at the rampway, 
and MJF is just like holding the back of his neck. He's like, you motherfucker, I swear to God. And and how <laughs> freaking Adam Cole is like, whoa, whoa there, dude. Like, don't do it. You know, you know, your neck, stop. It's not worth it. Don't even bother. And MJF's like, nah, fuck that, man. He just rushes to the ramp as well. You know, Samoa Joe is gloating, doing his shit in the ring. And then they come to blows. They come to blows, both Samoa Joe and MJF. Officials and security separate the two as uh, MJF and Adam Cole walk back up the ramp as, you know, Samoa Joe tries to gather himself for his next match. Um, and yeah, his match was with Shane Taylor for the ROH TV championship. <clears throat> Nothing much to really say. He wins the match via the Coquina Clutch and he wins it via in six minutes. And of course, the tag match that was from bell to bell, 15 minutes in length. Uh, with MGF and Adam Cole and the Dark Order. So um, I'll get to my thoughts in regard to this whole situation, um, at least what happened in this pay-per-view. But, Brian, I'll let you get your thoughts, at least from what I have in my notes here and, of course, what you were able to see on Dynamite, your thoughts in regards to this MJF-Adam Cole situation, the tag match, and now it seems to be a new feud brewing here with Samoa Joe. Yeah, so the match, you know, uh, the pay-per-view, I didn't see. I, I, I agree with you. Dark Order, I mean, they... Uh, no comment, I guess. What what can you say? Um, but yeah, right. so going to, on to Dynamite, um, you know, they had uh, Joe and MJF had a, a promo segment there, which uh, this it was really more for, for MJF. I mean, he lit him up. Um, and... Joe's definitely because Joe's just as good on the mic or, or very close. I, I mean, I would put MJF above him, but Joe's no slouch on the mic either. Um, right. So I anticipate a, a you know a promo at some point from Joe. Uh, but even with it within this promo, um, you know Joe kind of or or I guess MJF is going to leave the ring. Joe kicks the ropes like up into the nuts of MJF and then just you know beats him down, targets the neck. Um, so yeah, it, it. So I'm on board with that. Like MJF Samoa Joe uh, feud that we're starting here. Hell yeah. Um, that being said, like with, I, I don't know. Tell me how you felt, man. Because like while MJF, like I know what he was doing. I just wonder if he like oversold it. Because like the whole neck injury, where he's like, at least to me, it sounded like a couple times, like he was legitimately crying. Like you know, you know, with the with the pain, and of of course he wasn't. It's for for show, but yeah, he was selling to such a degree that it kind of to me, especially when you're going against Joe, it makes you look weak. And so that I don't know, maybe that was just I was reading too much into it. I just thought he kind of oversold that, you know. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and then also going into into dynamite, like with it seems like there's just a story forming here that. Is going to involve MJF, Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, and Roderick Strong. Um, you know, Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe are in this tournament to just, you know, the number one contendership. Roderick Strong's had this neck injury. Now MJF has this neck injury. So that, well, like, I don't know. Like, I'm really, really on board with Samoa Joe and MJF. It's just how all this is going to ultimately shake out because I think. Yeah it's going to involve these four people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but, but that, I mean, MJF's and Samoa Joe and the promo and, you know, Adam Cole, you know, doing the match alone. Yeah. It's all good shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So your first thing in regards to overselling, um, I, I did notice that, you know, again, it's, 
when it comes to a neck injury, man, like those them them shits are serious. I, I will say in regard, like be like trying to actually like a real life neck injury, right? If you're trying sure, sure. to sell a neck injury, like that shit is pretty severe. So when it comes to overselling, Brian, I actually don't mind overselling to an extent. Uh, I, I don't mind it to an extent for the most part, especially when we, we talk a lot of wrestlers that don't sell enough, especially true, maneuvers, true. right? So I'll take yeah. MJF overselling a neck injury uh, any freaking day of the week, especially when he's trying to play this baby face type of role. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't mind it. Yeah. Maybe I, I can, I can hear where you're coming from. Maybe it's a little bit over the top. It doesn't really bother me to an extent, honestly. Um, but yeah, so with Samoa Joe, man, you know, first of all, uh, it was just good to see the dude on freaking dynamite. Um, that was the only really segment that I was able to catch from last night. Um, you know, our, look, Samoa Joe and holding on to this RO, uh, ROH TV championship, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, I, I, I don't understand it. Uh, this dude, like he's in the end of his career. I don't think it needs to be wasted of him being on ROH. Get him the fuck off of ROH. He needs to be on yeah. Collision. He needs to be on Dynamite freaking full. Maybe not full-time or maybe part-time, whatever you want to call it, but he needs to be on AEW television. This dude does not need to be wasting his time, the nearing of the end of his career on ROH. It just, it just, it just, it just doesn't need to – it's just not, just, just not needed um, is, is the first thing. So that, that's, that's the first thing I want to say. Like, get, put Samoa Joe – on aw television more like For stop sure. wasting his yeah. fucking time on roh you know nobody fucking cares <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry no, nobody cares um so yeah now with this whole samoa joe thing look it, it's it's interesting right because now we we talked about with roderick strong you know roderick strong it seems like you know he's who knows what his situation is you know i know he's in this tournament I'm sure him and and Joe are probably going to, you know, come to, I guess, come to blows or or come face to face at some point in that tournament, would you say? So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I mean, I mean, hell, Samoa Joe and MJF in a promo segment or in a match like, dude, freaking give that shit all to me. I mean, for, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to freaking, you know, think twice about it like MJF and Adam Cole or MJF and Samoa Joe like dude come on seriously <laughs> but um with Samoa Joe man he's not going to be the one to defeat MJF right it's probably i mean it's most likely going to be Adam Cole yeah right it's from what from what we're thinking of unless they want to because here's the thing uh, uh, unless they uh, unless they want to continue to go full throttle with MJF as of right now as a baby face. Right, right. You know, because we don't know what, what the tie is with there. Is MJF just – is he still playing everybody, you know, like a fiddle and still being that heel? You know, to me, like, I would continue this whole shtick with MJF being a baby face. And I'm talking, like, just legit make it his freaking character. You know, because yeah. as much as I, because here's the thing, Brian, as much as I enjoy freaking MJF being a, just being the heel, just being the scumbag, right? That's what he's been <laughs> liking to call himself. You know, it, it, it has, if you, if you've looked back over a lot of, of feuds that he's had, you know, even, and me, Brian, me and you have, have talked about it when it comes to feuds in regards to Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson, right? And how, 
it's just kind of the same run of the muck type of uh of storytelling right oh in order to beat me you got to beat the cronies that i hired because i got all this shit ton of money and then when you beat me you could face me for the championship and i'm and it seems like we've we've seen a lot of that from mjf as the heel and i feel like this with mjf is just it just it, it it allows a lot more doors to be open and a lot more opportunities yep. if that makes sense and if and if that's the case with Samoa Joe because again at the end of the day Brian I don't want this to turn into like a crazy hectic situation to where now you're involving right. another superstar in Samoa Joe so but if that's the case then MJF has to fully turn freaking babyface, and I think if you listen to this crowd, I think that you know again this this I mean the crowd is heavily behind the dude. They freaking love this cat. Like just just freaking do it at this point, man. You know even with yeah. them holding on to this championship, like you know and 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 I don't know what the situation is as well with Adam Cole. You know is is Adam Cole the guy to take this championship away? Is he going to be the guy that's going to turn? fully heal and start this heel title run i i don't i don't know so it's mm-hmm. it's interesting now that we're adding it seems like another body another participant in this whole situation so i don't know so could it work absolutely um was the interaction that i saw between mjf and freaking samoa joe done very well 100 percent. it was fucking beautiful um, I, I'm just concerned, Brian, of how we're getting there. To me, and, and you had just mentioned about getting him more on uh, Joe being on AEW television. Like, he was one of the backstage guys that was, you know, a lo- more of a level-headed. Like, you know, let's go out here and fucking get this show done. You know, put on a match and let's fucking do what we need to do. So, mm-hmm. in that aspect, um, I, I feel like... If I'm and knowing, you know, I mean, Joe's been around for a while. Like he, he is kind of, and he's had his moments too of of drama or whatever. But at the end of the day, um, he seems to do what's best for business, so to speak. Um, so in that in that aspect, like I can fully see them, and I'd be all on board with it. Like, there's two directions I could see this going with with joe and cole and mjf right like i i say have joe beat mjf and then you can you can do one of two things keep mjf you know keep him the baby face who then has to climb the mountain against joe you know to to regain the title or you have a situation with like cole or something like that where he hasn't been able to beat mjf he he is the he causes some kind of distraction whatever that yeah. allows Joe to win the match. And then you could either, again, you could either have MJF go on a feud with Cole because he cost him the match yeah, or have him go against Joe and try to regain that title. Either one I think would be fantastic. He, here's my caveat to that is that sounds, and that sounds great. No, don't get me wrong. Like when it comes to the title, right? I always claim when it comes to the world title, it's like, who truly needs it? To me, in Samoa Joe's career as of right now, where he's at right now, I don't really think he needs that championship. 
But I don't think it'd be for him. It from it'd MJF, be for but... MJF to create that babyface character that then has to climb the mountain. To it, it'd be for MJF, not for Joe. Right, you know, right. To, to establish that babyface character. Right, yeah, but no, I, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I just, when it comes to Samoa Joe defeating MJF for that said title, to further along MJF's like. I think at this, and again, this is this. People can disagree. If people want to agree, that's fine. I think at this point, Brian, like when it comes to Adam Cole and taking that championship, I just think that that's needed more for Adam Cole than it is for sure. Samoa yeah. Joe, if that makes sense, right? Because yeah, because because again, even though I wouldn't be fond of Samoa Joe taking it a loss to MJF because he just took that loss to Punk. You know, it wouldn't it would do less harm to Joe than, you know, Adam Cole taking another devastating blow and not getting that championship to MJF. Sure. Because here's the thing with Adam Cole, right? You know, this we know that this 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 whole feud, this storyline has done wonders for Adam Cole. Before this whole thing with Adam with Adam Cole and MJF, Adam Cole has been non-existent. You know, I mean, shoot, he came back and he stated that he was back and he was gone for freaking weeks. And now like people, you know, and I think this is needed for Adam Cole, but it's more needed for him to finish what this dude started and for him to finish and being once again, that dastardly heel that we saw in NXT and do the mm -hmm. same thing in, in AEW, but being at the top of the mountain and MJF will lose nothing, obviously, sure. from, from from obviously losing that title. But I just, when it comes to the ch changing the title, Brian, it's just for me and my perspective and just as much as I like Samoa Joe, as much as I would freaking go to bat having Samoa Joe holding on the world title gold, believe me, I just feel that Adam Cole and I think he just needs that more. He needs that moment more being that guy to potentially turn heel on MJF, if that's what they're doing, then, you know, Samoa Joe winning that championship. And then it just creates more of the, than just Adam Cole, just then maybe doing the turn and doing it without the championship. Right. I don't know. That's just, it's just like for Adam Cole, like, okay, he turns heel, but man, with the momentum that he was able to ride in the storyline and to grab that championship and to do the deed that he did to MJF, and now that he's on the top of the mountain, then that's gonna that's gonna do wonders for Adam Cole that he's desperately needed since he's joined the company. Samoa Joe sure. is gonna be Samoa Joe, but Adam Cole is still, even though we, we talk about you know wrestling fans and the niche audience, right? The niche audience knows who Adam Cole is. Everybody knows how good Adam Cole is, but there's yeah. still a lot of people that praise people like. You know, and again, I I hate to bring up multiple companies, but people like The Rock and Stone Cold and Bret the Hitman Hart and and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Freaking hey, shout out to Ricky the Steamboat. He was yeah. he was on this freaking pay per view. Seventy um, years old. God damn. Yeah, exactly. God bless him. Right. You know, that's that's what Adam Cole is missing. We all know freaking Samoa Joe. Everybody yeah. knows who the frick Samoa Joe is. But Adam Cole is the guy, and this is, and that's the moment where we say Adam Cole is good. He's good. He's he's within that niche bubble, to where maybe if you really book him properly moving forward, when he does win that championship, 
to become, dare I say, larger than life, mm -hmm. right? But you have to, but you have to follow through with him winning this championship because I can't really see at this point, Brian, other than Adam Cole winning this championship from MJF, you know, and that includes Samoa Joe. So that that's just that's just my take in, in regards to in, in regards to all that. But we'll we'll talk more about it uh, moving forward because I do want to move move along here. Well, with this pay-per-view, but we'll talk more about it uh, next week as we'll get into, as I think there's full gear that's coming up in November. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up there towards the end of the year. So we'll, we'll discuss more of that when the time comes. But, uh, but moving along in this pay-per-view, uh, we have Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT championship. Um, you know, Nick Wayne was at ringside. Christian Cage was at ringside. Darby Allen was busted open early. Uh, Luchasaurus again was do dominated majority of this match, of course, being the frick, you know, freaking uh, what, what, what's, what's the comparison, right? David versus Goliath, right? That's pretty much right. what they love to do that whole little shtick, especially with this TNT championship, right? They've done it with Darby Allen and against many other big men in this company. Um, you know, Luchasaurus delivers a German suplex, almost breaks Darby's neck. I legit thought that this dude broke his neck. He fell like legit, like on the back of his head in his neck area. Um, Christian and Nick Wayne exchange words. Darby Allen hits a code red from the top rope. Christian Cage attacks Nick Wayne, dis uh, dis uh, causing a distraction from Darby Allen. Luchasaurus hits not one, but two tombstone pile drivers, as well as a lariat to the back of the head. Luchasaurus wins the match and retains the TNT championship. Uh, Post-match, Christian just... He um he looks to hit a concerto to to Darby Allen. So they brought the chairs in. They do the concerto. Uh, the locker room empties. Christian and Luchasaurus retreat, and that is your segment. As the match was twelve minutes from bell to bell. So Brian, uh, I'll let you get your thoughts in, man, because I know on Dynamite, I believe there was a match between uh, Darby Allen and Nick Wayne. I believe it yeah. was part of this Grand event. Slam yeah. tournament. Um, so yeah, so just in, in regards to this match, as well as that match that happened on Dynamite, your thoughts in regards to this this situation with uh, Darby Allen, uh, Nick Wayne, and and even this TNT title situation with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. I don't even know where to go with here, right? We 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 can go back to you know the the night before All In, I guess. Like to me, it seems like something must have happened with Ar Fox. You know, I don't know. Speculation. I don't know if this is backstage or if there was yeah. an injury or a last minute thing, but that whole thing and then inserting Christian Cage, it just where the fuck did that come from? Like I and so now you're you're in you got you got Darby, you got Nick Wayne, Darby and AR Fox are now a thing, and you got Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, and it it's like what the fuck is going on here? You know, mostly. Um so yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. I mean, I like uh, Christian Cage, man. I mean, the the work, you know, the the character he's doing right now, I I do really really like it. Um, again, I I just don't know how this story and these characters are fitting together. Um, and, and you know, I, I mentioned it before, and like I'm I'm just so sick of. I, I'm really really glad that that Miro and Hobbs had a match because. <laughs> I'm so sick of like a Luchasaurus against a Darby Allen or a, a you know Big Bill against Darby Allen. You know, yeah. put the big guys in with the big guys. Sometimes, like yes, there's a place for a uh, David and Goliath, but 
every big man, it seems like that that's all they do. They yeah. they they never face each other. I, I don't know why. Right. Um yeah. so yeah, I, I I don't really have a lot of thoughts about this feud. I mean, it's really confusing now with you know Wayne's pissed at Allen because he's forgiven Fox and it right, just yeah. what that's... the fuck? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I truly think that this kind of went off the rails from all in because again, yeah. you know, I, I go I go back to the fact that listen, as much as we like AR Fox, as much as we have respect for the dude, and shoot, we thought that there was potential with him and uh what was it, Mongol Embassy with Yeah, Ford that Franklin. those two like weeks or those segments, that was, However, that was the best I've ever I just, seen. I just think Fox. that it in regards to the business standpoint, right? Who's gonna draw in more more fans in a match is it christian cage or is it ar fox and now it's just i think it's at the point where to where tony khan is just trying to throw baloney at the wall to just see if it fucking sticks at this point now because of that decision that was made i don't think it was at i don't think it had anything to do with ar fox and maybe if he did something whatever i just think that you know tony khan just thought hey you know i'm gonna get more eyeballs having christian cage in this match teaming up with swerve than i am with ar fox however i gotta make this make sense let me do the turn that happened. I believe it was on Collision or maybe Rampage or whatever. Uh, Ramp- yeah, it was the night of Rampage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe yeah. let me try to make somewhat sense moving forward. Maybe cause a little bit of tension now with Nick Wayne and Darby. And now Dar or now Darby's forgiven AR Fox because, you know, again, Darby stated, you know, without AR Fox, there's no Darby Allen. So right. they want to create, I guess, some type of love triangle there i I don't i don't (laughs) know man i listen i can't say that i was like intrigued with this match i mean listen they they went out they did their thing for 12 minutes we've seen this match before again another match that was just thrown together last minute luchasaurus and christian cage um even though i like the i actually like the tandem it's just that now and we've talked about it before right and it's just it's just weird now that the whole jungle boy storyline is pretty much done I guess just, I guess, you know, Luchasaurus is now, but it's still weird, right? Because, you know, he's still, Luchasaurus is still Luchasaurus. If he was just like another muscle to Christian Cage that's not named Luchasaurus, then okay. But he's still called Luchasaurus. So I think that that's, you know, for me, for people like me and you, Brian, are still kind of thrown off of why Luchasaurus is still attached with Christian Cage. But yeah, but here's the thing, man, with Christian. I mean, I shit, you could have called him Big Bill. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> right. And the thing is Take with the Christian, mask man, off and now like, Big Bill. <laughs> the thing is, the only thing that I, the only positive I just have here b- before I move on here to the Miro and, and Will Hobbs match or Powerhouse Hobbs, whatever you want to call him, uh, is Christian, man. Just like Christian is just such a good fucking bad guy i mean yep. God, it just comes down to his like dude just look at this fucking guy dude guys he's wearing a black turtleneck he's wrestling in this sleeveless turtleneck. A sleeveless, sleeveless turtleneck <laughs> like he just looks like a dick <laughs> it's just fucking great yeah. you know it's yeah. just he talks like a dick he has this look right it's just it's just it's yep. fucking beautiful um he's i think he said like in the media scrum something about like Someone asked him a question about uh, Edge or Adam Copeland returning. He's like, the only, the only, the only person I care about is Luchasaurus. You know, everybody else like, I don't have any friends. The only friend I have is Luchasaurus. Anyone right. else, I don't stay care in, for. Stay in that dick something along those yeah. lines. I fu- and he has just this like this old man disgusted look on his face. It's just, fu- <laughs> it's just fucking beautiful. Bro. It, yeah, it really <laughs> that, that little thing, right? The look on his face, how he said it. It was, uh, yeah, absolutely. 
it's just so it's just so good, man. Shout out to Christian Cage. It's just yep. fucking awesome. He's just the he's just a he just looks and acts like a fucking dickhead. It's just awesome. It's just freaking great. And the turtleneck and what he wears just looks like a just looks like a douchebag. He looks and acts just everything like a fucking douchebag. Yep. Um just thought just throw it out there. But yeah, the match itself, it's take it or leave it. Um Darby Allen, I mean, you know, it's just this whole TNT title situation. You know, I, I guess you can say, you know, now that I guess, I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of hot, potato, hot potatoing with this title recently. So right. I guess that's a plus for the, for the TNT title. Again, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm accepting the bare minimum here, but again, that's just one positive I do have to throw out. But yeah, man, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens with AR Fox with, and Darby. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. the TNT title question. is that, I mean, the way I see it eventually playing out, right, it's, it's, there, it has to come down to Christian against Luchasaurus, right? Because who takes the pinfall to lose the title, you know? so Yeah, you would, th- right. Maybe Luchasaurus finally, you know, he turns on Christian. I mean, because I, yeah. I would continue to keep Christian as a freaking heel. This dude is a oh, heel. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so, so Luchasaurus would have to be the baby face in all this. And yeah, that's probably at, at the end of the day where maybe Tony Khan wants to go with it. He wants to keep these two as a tandem and, Whoever wins and whoever becomes the sole TNT championship, it's then maybe that seems like where they're going to go. So, yeah. um, and then yeah, Darby Allen's going to do this whole shtick with AR Fox and Nick Wayne. How that's going to turn out, who who knows? But I guess we'll see when uh, you know as as we go along in the next several weeks. But uh, moving on, next match is Miro versus Will Hobbs, or as I like to call it, a bulldozer versus a cement truck is what this freaking <laughs> yeah. match was as they went bell to bell man for 16 minutes you know this wasn't a match you know we've seen us so many matches brian in regards to big man you know they say they do a bunch of power moves for about 10 minutes and then they collect their paycheck and they fucking leave no but like these dudes went freaking blow for blow freaking just beating the shit out of one another for 15 plus minutes in a grueling physical match um again the match for what it was it was damn freaking solid um you know miro delivers a suplex onto the top rope miro locks in the camel clutch hobbs gets out of it he hits a spine buster um so miro applies a camel clutch again then hobbs taps out so miro wins the match however post-match freaking um lana freaking lana as or cj perry is her real name you guys know as her as lana from wwe she technically makes her AEW debut. She her music hits. She storms the ring with a chair. She hits Hobbs with the chair. Hobbs doesn't even freaking budge. He's not even phased by it. He slowly does that slow turn. And then Miro comes in with the chair. He hits Hobbs over the back with it as Hobbs retreats up the ramp. And then Miro and then Lana have like this Beauty and the Beast type of freaking weird interaction or something. <laughs> and Miro walks off screaming, you're not real to, to Lana or CJ Perry. I guess they're calling her CJ Perry. I don't even freaking know. But uh, interesting. You're not real. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll I guess we'll soon find out again, Brian. I don't know if anything happened maybe. Uh, at Dynamite that I'm just unaware of as no, I was unable to I, get, like I, I said, I, was, I missed it. Yeah. I was, maybe there was like a small vignette maybe in the show. I, I, I don't, I don't know. So, but yeah. So before I get into Lana, man, this was uh this was a big E special and I'm talking about, you know, freaking meat just <laughs> happened. Me. 
Weren't they chanting? Did, did the crowd chart start chanting meat? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. guys, like forget, bro. You want you want five star matches, man. You want thirty minute classics? Nah, who fucking hates that shit? You want some big men with big chests, just freaking clubbing and at each other. Shout out to Big E. He he made a statement about that on his. Uh, it was a New Day podcast that was uh, for WWE or whatever. Shout out about, to Big E, man. Shout oh out to Big E. Oh my god, I was <laughs> I was crying. I was crying watching that shit. And this was, I'm telling you, this match reminded me of that, of Big E's, like, you know, talk about big men, big chests, and big muscles, man. Forget your 30-minute classics. That's all I need, man. <laughs> um, anyway, this is going off the rails. Let me move on here. But, Brian, your your, your thoughts of uh, of this match, at least where I was able to, to, to speak notes for notes here, and your thoughts about Lana CJ Perry, I guess now being in AEW, and, and your thoughts about that? Uh, yeah, the man, the, uh, the floor is yours. So yeah, believe it or not, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't able to watch the the event, but this is one of the matches <laughs> I was looking forward to. Like, yeah, I I want to see, you know, again, Hobbs and Miro, you know, Luchasaurus and Big Bill, like fucking, what are we doing? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, not not having seen the match, um, you know, hopefully I can catch it somewhere, but. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know, crowd chanting meat—that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's that's classic, man. But but absolutely, like these two guys, and you mentioned right a sixteen-minute match, like a sixteen-minute match for two guys like that is very very different and more physically demanding than a sixteen-minute match from like the Young Bucks, right? It's yeah. you're you're throwing that much weight around. It's it's a lot different. Um, so yeah, I, I hope, and I have no doubt they, they put on a pretty good match. And, um, so yeah, Lana returning or CJ Perry, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so what did Miro like leave her in the ring or. Yeah. He's just, he pretty much just leaves the ring and like Lana is just like baffled. She's like, what the heck? And he's like screaming, like, you're not real as he's walking up the rampway or whatever. So Huh. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. And I don't know, Brian. And Brian, I, I don't want to paint this picture in your head because I and and I'll say this, and we'll move on in this in this pay per view. But I don't know. I don't know if you remember the whole Bobby Lashley Rusev storyline from WWE. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I don't know why I have a feeling that that's going to be something similar uh, to that. I, uh, I don't know. That. That's just. I'm. Not, I don't want to paint a bad picture in people's heads, but. I, I don't know, man. That's just. Well, I'm that's trying just to think the, of like some of his more recent promos, right? Because he's been saying like his God's forsaken him, and he even mentioned like Lana or or his wife has like you know betrayed him in yeah, some way. So yeah. I, I can't remember the exact words, but um. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, it's going to tie into some you know Redeemer, my God, the vision that yeah. was shown to me or whatever. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, this is something that I don't really have initial reactions to. It's just how how this is really going to play out between all all three individuals. That's Miro Hobbs as well as Lana. So, but that's but yeah, decent. Na- I mean, <laughs> big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> <laughs> Again, shout out to Biggie. I'm sorry, uh, but look, all, all seriousness, man. Um, you know, I absolutely agree with you, Brian. I mean, this was a a physical 
a really just really just a damn solid again a match that you never thought on paper would entertain you it's just again it's just another match where i'm just like eh, miro and hobbs like there's again kind of just was just thrown together but again for what it was man freaking golf clap props to both individuals and hopefully things with lana being involved just don't go off the rails yeah so we'll we'll see how we're, we're, where that goes um, up next, we have Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho for the TBS Championship. Uh, match time in length was 13 and a half minutes. Uh, Soraya, your world, your new women's world champion, was at ringside. She creates a distraction to Statlander on the top rope. Uh, Soho hits a Pele kick and destination unknown. Statlander kicks out. Uh, Soraya distracts the ref. Soho looks to use paint. So Soraya throw or gave uh ruby soho the spray paint that they freaking use that green spray paint and he's like here use this i'm gonna distract the ref soraya distracts the ref and then uh tony storm gets involved she grabs the spray paint can away from soho soho's baffled it seems like freaking tony storm is playing like this weird crazy psychopath psychopathic type of character almost like a nikki cross i i don't know but she's in like very like very like i don't know what what's what's the word of, again i mentioned like marilyn monroe because that's what she looked like at freaking all in but she's like in like old school women's type of clothing if that makes it's, sense it's like almost, the, like the, especially with school. her english it's like yeah Mary like Poppins. like in like the hairdo and everything so I don't know. Um, very interesting. Um, so Tony Storm dis creates that distraction. Statlander hits a pile driver for the W, and Statlander um, retains her TBS championship. Look, he here's here's what I'll say. Um, again, this was a match that I can just take it or leave it. Um, this TBS championship, even though I listen, I like Chris Statlander. Um, she's done nothing important with the championship since she's won it. It's just, again, I, nobody, I didn't really feel a certain type of way about Statlander before she won that title against Jade Cargill, which is why I was baffled to why, again, all people like Chris Statlander, the way that she was built up going into that title change was just fucking weird. Um, but regardless of outside of that, the outcast, right? It seems to me, Brian, and I'm going to make this short and simple. I'm trying not to waste too much time on this, but the outcast, like, I mean, how much have we talked about Brian about the outcasts and how oddly they've been booked? They don't feel a certain type of way. They just feel like another, just another faction or another team on the roster. And now it seems like they're trying to create this tension or mm -hmm. this split within the faction. But guys, like, what has anybody given a single fuck about these three individuals as a team since they've joined? Like, be, be honest. If you're being honest with yourselves, the answer is no. So with that being said, now you're trying to create the split that involves the championship, by the way. Soraya is your world champion. And now you're trying to create this, this tension within a faction that nobody has given a fuck about, that has not drawn in any fans, and has not done a fucking thing. And now... And now you want to create this split, this tension to make us now care, like make it fucking make sense, yeah. man. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, like again, Sheeta could have fucking used that title. If you want to tell a story within the split of this faction, that's great. Why is the title involved? Why? 
Sheeta could have fucking if Sheeta held this title, right? You took the title off of Sheeta to tell this story within the Outcast. Why does that need the title? Why? Yeah. Sheeta could have fucking used that. Sheeta needed that freaking title. You could boost her momentum with that title to tell other storylines, to tell other feuds, and you can still have this 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 story this whatever with the outcast however sheeta she went from being a world champion to competing on fucking zero hour in the pre-show that's where we're at now with sheeta she's right fucking back to where she was before this whole outcast bullshit and that's what pisses me off and what just baffles me about this situation to where okay that's great i'm glad that you're trying to make sense out of this split but who cared about this faction? Who fucking cared? Especially this women's division, the way it's been booked. And now you expect people to care about a split. The fuck out of here. It's just, it's just, it's fucking weird of how we've gotten here, right? I, I like, well, listen, I like what they're doing with Storm. I think like that whole shtick could maybe possibly work, but how we've gotten to this point. And how you've built up everybody, especially in this women's division, it's a fucking it's a fucking mess. And now you're adding a championship that doesn't need to be involved. It's just I, I don't know. It's fucking weird. But Brian, your your overall thoughts of or whatever thoughts you may have in regards to this. Uh, I can't speak to the match itself, but I mean, I'll say, <clears throat> um, you know, back before Statlander got hurt originally. I mean, gosh, that's been fucking a year ago, year and a half ago, whenever that was. Um, I'm a big fan of her. I, I, I still am. But yeah, since she's gotten back, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot to get that excited about. Um, the outcast, uh, Tony Storm. Yeah, what she's doing is, is like totally like a Mary Poppins character. <laughs> she had like <laughs> I was good, had right, an interview yeah. <laughs> um, or a backstage promo on, on Dynamite. I thought it was pretty good. Um, if you go back and watch it, she like, you know, she's talking about something and she kind of walks away. And as she's walking away, she's like, watch the shoe. And she's talking to Renee. And Renee's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? And like three seconds later, her shoe comes flying like at her head. So <laughs> it was just pretty cool the way they pulled that off. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the the split or the tension. And they had a, oh, I'm sorry, they had a match uh, on Dynamite as well where the tension, the, you know, there was like a spot where, um, I don't know. I guess maybe Britt was pinning somebody, and and uh, so Tony Storm went for an elbow drop to break it up, but Britt moved, so she wound up like elbow dropping Soho or or uh, uh, Soraya, whichever one it was. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely, yeah. I guess split this faction up because you haven't done with it anything really with them as a faction. But I'm with you. I mean, it doesn't need the title. Um, you know, it seems like Soho is at least they're trying to make her more involved or more a center part of this split, uh, which I think is a good thing. Um, and and this character change with Tony Storm, I, I kind of like it as well. So, I mean, there's yeah. positive stuff, it's just there's never been yeah. this cohesive, you know, logical plan going forward right, with any yeah. of it it seems so exactly no that that's yeah. ex- that's exactly really what it is yeah no absolutely no i and i've seen uh i've seen some clips of, of tony storm backstage with people like renee Paquette and stuff and it's and it's 
it's got potential, man. Absolutely. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that or what it could what Tony Storm and this new shtick could be, or maybe what this the the split of the outcast and what it could be. It's just like it's just again, it's it's always about how we get there. Yeah. Right? And it's how about how we book this women's division? I mean, let like guys, let like let's not sugarcoat things here. Like this women's division has been booked like utter shit <laughs> for the longest time now. And yeah. especially with this with this women's championship as of late, it's just like, you know, look, and, and I know, Brian, we uh, when we talked about All In, we were daydreaming stuff about like Soraya and Mercedes Monet, right? And maybe a title match there. It's just that, you know, with Soraya, and it's good for her. She got that moment in London. That's great for her. It's just, but now if the split is the very first feud that you're, you're trying to tell here, it's just like, I just, I don't understand why... Like, I just don't understand why the title just needs to be involved. Like, somebody like Sheeta, like, could fucking use that. You know, she is a woman that put the women's division on her back during the pandemic era. Who says that she can't do that if you give her that opportunity with that women's championship now with fans in attendance now? You know what I'm saying? It's just... And like, it would have made more sense. You it would have made more sense if they... um you know, if, if one of the outcasts cost one of the other ones that match, that victory, like if, if Storm had cost Soraya winning that title, yeah, it would have made more sense into them breaking up than Soraya right. winning the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then you can create that feud. Sheeta can go on to do, right. do her thing with that championship. Exactly. Right. And it's just, and that's just the one thing about it. It's just like, listen, if, if the plan was to never give Sheeta the title, Okay, that's fine. And again, I just don't understand why, if you were to give it to Soraya, why give it to Sheeta at the two thousandth episode, two hundredth episode of, of Dynamite? It's just, it's just fucking weird to me. But who knows, man? Um, yes, there's some, there's some good in this situation. I agree. It's just, it's just how we've gotten here and how everybody just feels as of right now, in in, in regards to character and momentum. It's just, it's all over the place. At, at the end of the day, is all I can really say about it. Um, up next, we have Brian Danielson. Yes, Brian Danielson is back, and he is wrestling Ricky Starks in a strap match. So, yes, so Brian Danielson is the replacement um, for CM Punk in this match, as the plan, of course, was for Punk to face Starks in this in this match. However, of course, because of the firing, the, the, the story, I believe, from what I saw, clips of Collision, at least what I was able to watch on Collision, was Starks, the whole, he was trying to get a match set up with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. They were trying to sign a contract for All Out. And then, you know, he's in a segment with Ricky Steamboat and how the contract stated, oh, you're going to face the Dragon, but not Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You're facing the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, as that was stated in the contract. And that's how this match kind of came across. Man, for for a match that was just thrown together at the very last minute, and again, it's just it, it is what it is. What it is, I'm not going to really fault anybody of it. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. It's an unfortunate situation of what's transpired over the past couple of days. But for for a match just being thrown together, man, and and, and Brian, whenever you do get a chance to, because I know you haven't been able to really watch this match hardly at all, but. Man, and, and this is just for anybody who hasn't seen this match. Go back and watch this fucking match, man. I mean, this was this was just physical. This was brutal. 
This was vicious and even cringe, I want to say. The amount of strap shots that were taken in this match. I mean, just freaking just freaking awesome, man. Um, Ricky Starks and Brian Daniels. I mean, the, these two legit were like backstage saying, look, like, listen, you know, we're, we're thrown together in this match. Let's just go out there. We don't have to worry about a storyline. This is just something that just came about. Let's just go out there and just, let's just beat the holy fuck out of each other. Right. That that's just, that's just what they did, man. Um, and that's the only thing they could do. Let, let's just go out there and let's just freaking, let's just tear the roof off this fucking place. And that's and that's what they did. Is uh, honestly, arguably, I can I can say, best match of the night. I I don't think it's I have no doubt close at all. Yep. Um, yeah. Brian Danielson comes out to final countdown. I thought that was pretty free. I don't know if that's his actual like his new theme music now. Is the final countdown? Maybe I don't know. Um, but Starks he attacks Danielson before the bell with the weight with a weighted belt. Uh, Danielson was busted open early. Big Bill gets involved. That was the one question mark I had in regards to Big Bill getting involved. Um, however, Steamboat, he's at ringside. He was on commentary uh, for this match. He comes out. He comes to the aid. Uh, Ricky Starks hits a spear to Danielson. Danielson kicks out. Danielson hits a running knee. Stark kicks out. Danielson locks in the LaBelle lock, and he wraps the strap around Starks' throat. And Starks ends up passing out, and Brian Danielson wins this match um, as the match from bell to bell was 17 minutes. So um, here, here's what I'll say, man. Again, I'm not going to go too overboard of how great this match was. I've already stated that in the start of this. But, um, I mean, yeah, so uh, listen, I'm sure a lot of people can say this was definitely a weird situation, like I mentioned at the start. Brian Danielson being added into this because I'm sure there's a case of like, oh, well, you know, how, you know, Starks, who can lose this match? Danielson just came back. He can't lose. You know, it's Ricky Starks. He, he kind of just lost to Punk not too long ago. He can't freaking lose. Um, so I can't necessarily say anybody really lost in this match, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but Brian Danielson, and I think this, and it comes down to me. I always talk about these situations to where who needs this victory more? And if Brian Danielson is fully healthy, I don't think he's fully healthy. I think that he's cleared enough to do a match like this. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who needs a big victory like this, it was Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson has lost a lot of big matches. He's lost the big matches to Kenny Omega. He's lost the, he's lost the world championship match to MJF. He's lost matches with John Moxley. He's lost a lot of big matches in big spots. So as much as I would love to see Ricky Starks go over and maybe solidify a very big victory for him, but Brian Danielson, if he's going to come back and he's now going to wrestle once again, maybe full-time, part-time, who knows, he needed this victory. Uh, but however, for Starks now, if Starks is going to be the guy moving forward, and we talked about Starks and how great he is, but Starks' momentum when it comes to victories and such has to start now. Like he cannot lose mm -hmm. another big event. He like this is a this is a a train that Starks needs to be on, a victory train that he needs to start right now. You know, he had the great match, it did nothing for him. Danielson, to me, in, in this situation, just needed the victory more because of his previous big losses and just how it comes across to I know a lot of casual fans and other wrestling fans in general. Uh, but for what this match was, man, damn freaking entertaining, an entertaining match for a match that was just thrown onto the card at last minute. 
And, and that's all I can really say, man. So yeah, Brian, your, your thoughts in regards to, again, from what I was able to put in my notes here and, and your thoughts in regards to Brian Danielson being back and, and Ricky Starks moving forward. So yeah, this is probably the most I have to say about anybody involved, but uh, I mean, to start this, we got to go back to last last Saturday's collision and the promo that Ricky Starks um, did to open the show last Saturday. Um, just a fantastic, passionate, real fucking pro. I mean, there was a lot of reality in that promo from what he was talking about. Um, and if I can just quote him here, you know, he, he kind of starts out uh, saying, here we go again, or here we are again. I find myself at square one. It seems every time I climb that mountain, I get dragged back down, but I get better. And that is an absolute fact. Like we go back. If I, I remember right, both you and I, he wrestled MJF last fucking December, right? Mm-hmm. December of last year. Right. That was the moment where Ricky Starks put himself on the map. Like you, you saw it then in that feud, in that match. And here we are almost a year later. And while there's different circumstances surround it, like he's, he's the LA Knight of AEW. Like this guy has shown you time and time again, like he delivers in whatever he's given. And yet we're a year, year removed from when he originally showed us that. And now maybe we're starting to get that. So mm-hmm. I really, really hope so. Um, Cause the guy is awesome. Like absolute Ricky Starks. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he delivers in promos. He delivers in matches. He delivers in his entrance, all of it. He is a total package of a wrestler. Um, so that being said, and, and in the interview, you know, you had mentioned big bill in this match, you know, at all in or all out, whichever one it was, I can get, get confused now. Um, but back on the on the the promo from Collision, uh, Big Bill was out there with him then. Okay. Um, and okay. he addressed he addressed Big Bill then, um, and which I agree. Like, I mean, he got real and personal, saying like, you know, he's over, overcome drug addiction, and you know, kind of like making the same statement as a person in this business who you keep climbing up the mountaintop and they keep knocking you down, but you're still here. Um, and he's a guy that I've talked about in within AEW. Like, why? You know, as big cast in WWE, I know I'm getting off topic, but he showed some potential. Now he comes back in AEW in phenomenal fucking, like, better shape than this dude has ever, ever been in. Um, And he has potential. He has shown us that he can, he can go in the ring. He's decent on the mic. But the big guys are just not giving anything. Um, So anyway, that being said... Like, yeah, I, I guess maybe there's going to be some partnership between Big Bill and Ricky Starks, which I'm cool with that. You know, we'll see where that goes. Um, But then now to Danielson, man. I, I got to give Danielson kudos here because, yeah, I, I don't know that he is really fully cleared. And obviously this was, again, this is just all thrown together because of the CM Punk situation. Um Yeah. And again, to Ricky Starks, uh, to this promo and Ricky Starks, like, and, and I, I think I stated it on our Facebook page, like the person that is hurt most out of all, all this was Ricky Starks, or yeah. at least potentially, I think Brian Danielson here. Yeah. Uh, to to a degree, out. absolutely. Ricky Starks has I, definitely I taken really... a massive blow at this entire, this entire situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
But Danielson coming out here, um, look, this ultimately, this is the thing that is different between like a guy like Danielson or Moxley or throw in whatever wrestler and CM Punk. Well, yes, every wrestler has to fight for what's theirs and demand what's theirs and, and don't take shit and don't get walked over. At the same time, I, I guarantee you, this strap match, having not even seen it, just seen clips and what you talked about, this is akin to Bret Hart Stone Cold. Like, yeah, Ricky Stark lost, but Danielson fucking gave this moment to Ricky Starks. Uh, th- this is, there's no way you can tell me that both of these dudes didn't go back to that Bret Hart and Stone Cold match and say, hey, this is kind of the direction we're going here. Like, yeah, yeah. Danielson's going to win. But Starks is going to come out looking so fucking good that, yeah, like you said, now he has to start winning. Now he has to win these big matches. Mm-hmm. But this was the Bret Hart Stone Cold moment for Ricky Starks. Um, and kudos to Danielson. Again, I, I'm not in- entirely sure if he's really healthy. And going out and doing a match like that is... Shout out, man. Like, that is what... That is what professional wrestlers and the old school people and if you want to say it's best for business and we're moving the industry along and teaching the new guys, that's what you fucking do. That is what you do. That is how you step up. And that's what Danielson did. Um, No doubt this was the match of the night. Uh, I hope I do see it (laughs) at some point. Um, But yeah, I I just got to give a real, you know, shout out to Ricky Starks here. He's been a star for the last year, and for whatever reason, he's been overlooked. Hell, I know it was storyline suspension time, or suspension, but he wasn't even on the card and all in, right? The mm-hmm. biggest show of the year, he wasn't on the fucking card. Um, so, yeah, th- they got to they gotta put the ball in his court and, and, and start really getting behind him because he is one of your future stars, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, very, very, very well said. I mean, we've spoken about that about Ricky Starks ever since we've had this podcast um, yeah. about Ricky Starks and the potential that he has. And but yeah, no, now is the time, especially after after the strap match that that momentum needs to continue as a heel, by the way, I think as a heel, yeah, yeah. continue this. And then if you want to go back to him being the baby face, which he did do also very well, by the way. When yep. he did wrestle MJF, you talked about the MJ, MJF match not too long ago. So if they want to revisit that, absolutely, I'm down with it. But I think with this heel shtick and this heel run, continue that momentum for him, especially after this strap match. But now he's got to now he's got to win. It's now or never now for Ricky Starks. Yeah, moving yeah. forward for sure. Yep. Uh, and yeah, with Brian Danielson, you know, I know that he is technically a still a member of the BCC. However, I mean, he did play heavily as a babyface in this match. So moving forward with Danielson, you know, what, what's the story going to be with there? Is he just going to go back? Because right now the BCC, as we know, is, is a heel faction. And that's yeah. what Daniel Bryan was, or Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson uh, <laughs> was before he right. left. Um, so now he's playing this babyface role. So, you know, now you wonder what that situation is going to be. Um, is he going to be a guy that's just going to be on collision? Is he going to replace Punk and just be on collision while the BCC and every Mox and everyone else remains on Dynamite? Who who knows with that? So that's a very interesting 
uh, interesting discussion or topic as well that I'm sure we'll get into the more the more we see where you know Brian Danielson's trajectory is as well as the BCC yeah. uh, moving forward. But props to both men involved. Uh, let, let me give a small little cheer as well to both men. Props to Daniel. Props to I almost called him Daniel Bryan again. <laughs> props to Brian Danielson uh, as well as Ricky Starks. We know how good Brian Danielson is. Of course, we we know. I mean, the dude is a vet. This dude is. Uh, um, I get. I mean, some shoot. Some people want to call him a legend in this business. Shoot. I mean, he's a yeah. one of the best technical wrestlers today. Um, and of course, Ricky Starks. Um, this is something you know. Lately, he's been needed or he's needed for the longest time especially after that mjf match so hopefully this is the start to get him back on track so we'll we'll see how things play yeah. out. so before we get into this next match there are two matches that i highly or hardly don't even have any notes on um the the one the first match i have is uh katsuzuri shibata i hope i'm pronouncing his name right teamed up with eddie kingston against the bcc um Claudio just wins via vicious uppercut to Kingston. This was again a match. Again, it's just those were these were one of the two matches I should say before I get into the second match is that it just felt like it didn't need to be on the card at all. Like I get a lot of these matches were thrown together, but this just was the match that kind of just kind of just stuck out out of the mm. rest of them. Honestly, it just felt like it just wasn't important. It just didn't need to be on there. As much as I like Eddie Kingston and the BCC, this just was was just not needed. Um, and especially coming after the strat match, that was kind of really hard to really just get into, honestly. So that's, that's just really that the BCC win as they should, they're a team as they should be winning, but moving on the next, uh, match that I hardly have any notes on. This was an eight man tag with FTR, the bucks against bullet club gold. As I believe the only thing I have in the notes is that Jay white hit a hit, hit the blade runner finisher and Colton Gunn pinned Cash Wheeler for the W. Just, again, another match where it was just fucking pointless. Uh, um, listen, I understand it's the you know Bullet Club gold. You want to make them look dominant. But why the fuck is one half of your tag champs getting fucking pinned? It just doesn't. You're throwing all these motherfuckers in an eight-man tag for, for what? It's another match I could just see on a freaking dynamite or a collision. Whatever you want to throw. Again, it's just another match that just stuck out like a sore thumb that mm. did not need to be on there. It was just a waste of fucking time. And I like all these, all these individuals, but if you're just going to throw them out there, this was no different than the freaking eight man tag, whatever you want to call it with the elite and the bullet club gold from all in not too yep. long ago, involving Takeshka. It's no fucking different. It was not needed is not needed for your fucking champions to take a pinfall it was just that that's all I can really say I, as I guess it's oh, because now because they they pinned the champion. So now they get a title opportunity. Get the fuck out of here. It's just I'm so done, I'm so done with that whole shit, man. It's just like it's just it's just fucking stupid. You, you they lose at all out one of your bigger pay-per-views in an eight man tag just for for no for no fucking reason, just for them to get a title match down the road. Like, OK, right. whatever. Moving on from that. So the, here's our, our last two matches that I will discuss. Um, the co-main event, I guess if you want to call it that, was Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshka. Uh, match time was 20 plus minutes in length. Don Kellis, of course, is at ringside. 
again, man, listen, Takeshka, even though I still need to see more of his character development and where he goes with Don Callis and everything else, um, this dude is an in-ring performer, man. I will fucking say at the age of 27, this dude is damn freaking solid. Um, I'll give credit where credit is due. This dude put on a tremendous freaking match with Omega as I, as I expected it to be. I just wish I gave a shit more about going into this or going into this match. I should, I should say, um, you know, Omega nearly lands on his head after that suplex. Again, there was a lot of spots where I legit thought these wrestlers were going to break their freaking necks. I'm not kidding. God, bro. I'm not kidding. I just, it was, it was really AEW like at its finest. AEW at its finest, Brian. Absolutely. Yeah. Like cringe worthy to where, like, you know, looking away from the TV screen type of cringe worthy. It was, it yeah. was that bad. Um, but Takeshka hits a brain buster onto the outside. Uh, Omega hits a power bomb followed by two running knees. Uh, Takeshka counters the one winged angel. Takeshka hits an avalanche blue thunder bomb. This was the move of, of the match was just a tremendous freaking spot. Again, Takeshka, I give him a golf clap. The dude is a tremendous in ring performer. Um, again, Don Callis looks to use a screwdriver, the same screwdriver that he used to bust open Kenny Omega in that cage match against John Moxley. Uh, Omega sidesteps it. Uh, Omega goes for the one wing and angel again. The ref catches Takeshka with the screwdriver in his hand while Omega has him up on the one wing and angel. Uh, Takeshka, then he takes advantage with the slight distraction. Takeshka uh, hits a running knee to Omega. And then Takeshka hits another one, exposing his, uh, his knee um, his knee brace. Or, or not a knee brace, but just one of those knee pads. The knee pads that he wears exposes that, exposes the, the knee um the, his kneecap or his his knee or whatever and hits omega and takeshka defeats kenny omega as takeshka and don Callis stand tall as takeshka wins this match over kenny omega so yeah um in, interesting very very interesting i i guess like they're trying to I don't know. They're, they're trying to make it seem like, oh, because this whole Don Callis angle, like he can't, Omega can't win without Don Callis in his corner. He's nothing without Omega. But man, like, and I, you know, this is interesting, right? Listen, I understand with Takeshka, he needs this victory. I don't know, man. I felt like taking a loss here for Takeshka would have done nothing to him. I felt like Omega is, again, that guy right now the same spot that we've talked about with Ricky Starks moving forward. Like this dude needs W's, especially like singles W's, right? I know he won the whole, uh, what, what was it? That whole freaking match with the BCC, that whole freaking, uh, not anarchy in the arena. There was another match um, uh, that happened after that. Uh, I think it was true. like on a dynamite or something like that. But anyway, they, they defeated the BCC, but I'm talking singles matches, man. This dude has been very, and I mean very fucking inconsistent. This is why I said, Brian, on the all-in review, I talked about the Bucks and how being EVPs has really just been a detriment to their booking. I say the same thing about Kenny Omega because it's just he has not felt like Kenny Omega since he's been world champion, it's guys, yeah. it's, just, it's just been a fact. I'm not saying that the, oh, the, 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 the solution is just to give it back the world championship. That's not the case. It's just that, you know, you, you, he comes back, he's with the elite. He, 
He does that whole seven-match series with the fucking Lucha Bros and Death Triangle. And you do that for... You wasted that for weeks upon weeks and months. And now you had your moments with Don Callis. I understand that. But now, again, there's been just so many disconnecting pieces that kind of throw a lot of people off. And now... And on top of that, the inconsistency. He lost to John Moxley in that steel cage match. You know, and he and now he's losing this match against Takeshka. They lost Anarchy in the arena uh, back, and I want to say what was it, freaking double or nothing. So Omega, yes, even though there's there's hints of Don Callis being involved and other stuff being involved. Again, losses are losses, man. I mean, this is fucking Kenny Omega that should be stride striving to all cylinders here, and a guy like Takeshka and having a match like this. And taking a pinfall, I feel like him him taking the loss, Takeshka taking this loss, would have done wonders more than Omega taking this loss. That's just that's just me. Um, so it, it's interesting to see where this goes. I'm guessing because of Don Callis's involvement, this is still going to continue to go on. So I don't know, man. And in, in, in regards to Takeshka, I do think the dude has the talent. He ha- definitely already has the in-ring ability. It's just I still need to see more and Callis and really getting on board with those two as a tandem before I can really say like, oh man, this dude is this is going to bring in an audience. This dude's going to it's going to sell out tickets and everything. I, I still need to see more of the dude uh, to to say that. But to beat Kenny Omega. Like clean, by the way, guys. This was like there was no interference from Cal. Yes, Don Callis got involved, but he hit the the running knee, and then without Don Callis' involvement, he hits the running knee again, and he wins the match. So it was pretty much a clean victory. So it's interesting. It, it's very interesting to see where they go with this. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's just we'll, we'll see. I guess at the end of the day. So Brian, your your overall thoughts in regards to the situation with. Takeshka and Kenny Omega. I don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, I, overall, I, I'm just not wholly that invested in it. Regardless, right? That's the yeah. Um, and and really, it's 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 more. It's not even the Omega thing. It's it's really with Don Callis and like, okay, so he's been with Takeshka, and then they try to get Jericho, but then he brought over Osprey. Right. Exa- exactly. It's just it's so yeah. It, it's just it's not consistent. That's like, that's the issue. It's just that, not consistent. Right. And that's what I mean. Like, it's just because of that inconsistency. Right. You know, there's not a whole, there's only so much that Kenny Omega can do. And now he takes another loss and it's like, okay, yeah. you know, it's just, but yet it's how we've gotten to this point because of that inconsistency. You try to tell something with Chris Jericho, you try to do whatever, you know, you try to connect pieces with that and with the JAS, like, it's just a whole just a lot of shit that just doesn't yeah. connect, like you said. And, and that's why I'm like, you know, if, and if you're going to have this match, then because of that inconsistency, Omega has to win this. I don't know. Well, maybe not has to win this match, but he has to, like, if, if all bets, if it's all said and done, Omega would have to be the one to go over in this match. And for Takeshka, right, he wins this match, and it's kind of overshadowed because of how inconsistent and how everything's right. been kind of all over the place. So I can't really say this is doing a lot for Takeshka because it's really, it's really not. Was it a good performance in the match? Absolutely. 
but from what he's involved in, like you mentioned, Brian, it's just, it kind of definitely overshadowed things for sure mm-hmm. because of the inconsistency. Yeah. No, that, that's how I feel too. Yeah. It's just, I mean, and it's obvious and they, they like even probably Tony Khan, if I remember right. I mean, a lot of people had said like when Takeshita made his debut over here, like this is one of the guys clearly they're trying to invest their future in like, and right. okay, like, That's yeah, right. I, he looks phenomenal in the ring. Absolutely. absolutely, Yeah. So, so make this feud just between Callus, Takeshita and Omega mm-hmm. and leave Osprey and Jericho and, and right. the Bucks and everybody else out of it. Yeah. It, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, it's no, no, that's not. I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, so we'll, I mean, and again, this, I guess this involvement with, with Omega or, or excuse me, with Don Callis tells me that this is still going to continue. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's going to be one of those situations to where Don Callis is going to move on from Omega, but Omega's not going to move on. He's still determined to, to beat Takeshka and maybe get his hands on Don Callis or something like that. So right, because yeah, probably... leading so Dynamite. Sorry to cut you off. And Dynamite, like yeah, Callis at one point was on on commentary, and and the the big driving point home was now Callis because Osprey was it Osprey that beat that beat uh, Omega too just recently. Uh, they, I think it was at a that was at like a new um, a new Japan event, right? Right. It was, the, was, it was the IWGP World Title, but that yeah. was uh, you're thinking of Jericho and Omega, or oh, I'm sorry, Jericho and Offspray at All In. Was that no? That but the there's, there's something there was something to Callus. We're saying like because he's had Takeshita now's beaten Omega, and I think he was talking about Osprey too. Uh, maybe the last time they wrestled, Osprey beat him. But anyway, the the, the storyline was these two guys. The last time you know they fought Omega, they beaten them. Right. I mean that that was the the deal. The deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll we'll see. Um. Yeah. It's just like it's. Listen. I, I'm glad that they're investing in a guy like Takeshka. I mean, regardless of how we feel about him right now, is you know just outside of that it's 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 irrelevant at, at this point but just w- what they're trying to do with him i like i i, I respect yeah. it's just i wish it was just under just different circumstances and the feel going into it at the end of the day so but let us move on let, let us move on into this main event as your main event was orange cassidy your aw international t- uh, champion versus john moxley for the aw international championship uh, match time in length was 20 minutes from bell to bell. Uh, Mox tosses Orange Cassidy into the ring post. Orange Cassidy is busted open early in this match. Um, guys, listen, I talk about referees in this company and how fucking awful they are and how much of a bunch of schmucks they look like. Guys, I mean, bro, the referee like just refuses to fucking do his job and fucking count. Like this dude is the, the like these two are brawling outside the ring, and he's outside the ring trying to get the other two competitors back in the ring, dude. That's not your fucking job. If it's a no disqualification match or a false count anywhere, okay, that's one thing. But it's not. It's a it's a it's a singles title match, and your job is to fucking count and do your job. Like it, it's just and it's and it's kind of like you're. The thing is with referees, right? They're supposed to be the third wheel. The reason why I like referees like Jessica Carr, as well as Aubrey Edwards, is like they know 
that they're the third wheel, right? That's that's what the referee is. Like you're not the spotlight of the match. You're not like the focal point. Like you're the third wheel. You're there. You're the ref. You're either there to count, to count shoulders to the mat or count people out and, and to, you know, just use professional wrestling rules 101, right? But these referees, man, it's just like they're doing the most because they don't want the match to end in a count out. It's just like, the fuck are we doing? <laughs> it's just overexposing the business and I can't fucking stand it. I, I just, I have to bring that up. Like they got to stop with that. These referees, like, you know, you don't see it too much you know, over in, 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 in WWE. You, you, you may see it from a time or two. I don't know, but you see it a whole lot in AEW and it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like Mox is trying to win via count out. Like he's like, he's back in the ring and the referee's finally counting. But I'm like, dude, this is for the title. If you're trying to win the title, why are you accepting a, to what to do a dramatic getting back into the ring fit, uh, spot? Like the fuck, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just, that's the only, listen, <laughs> I just don't understand what, why AEW does that. It's so fucking weird to me. Um, but anyway, moving on. Um, Mox is exposing the ring floor. So like there's all just a bunch of concrete. He like rips up the ring floor on the outside. Um, as Orange Cassidy hits beach break onto the exposed floor. You know, a lot of times in refer when, you know, freaking uh freaking superstars, they bring in weapons or they expose something that's always being used against them. Well, that's where it kind of came into play here with Orange Cassidy. As he hits the beach break, it's kind of more like a, a pile driver type of finisher or whatever. Um, or move, I should say. Um, so yeah, Orange Cassidy hits two orange punches followed by a cutter from Mox. Orange Cassidy hits a third orange punch plus a spear. Mox kicks out. Orange Cassidy hits, he does his shin kicks, right? So this was, he does like his shin kicks, but then he gets more violent after each kick. Like he, like he slowly starts to get more violent with the kicks and he starts just, at, at this point, like at towards the end, he starts, starts just, belting kicks at his face. Um, it's his freaking face is a bloody mess and everything. Mox hits a clothesline. Orange Cassidy just no-sells it. Like, this is point of the match where, like, Orange Cassidy's just adrenaline is rushing. It was like a devastating clothesline. Just takes him inside out. And Orange Cassidy just fucking no-sells it. That was kind of interesting. I don't think that that was really needed to do, especially for Orange Cassidy's character. That was just weird. And, but anyway... Uh, Mox hits another one for good measure. At this point, Orange Cassidy is just struggling to get on his feet, throws up the double bird. Mox hits the Death Rider finisher for the W, and John Moxley is your new AEW International Champion as Orange Cassidy gets a standing ovation. I believe this was his first loss since being the international champion i believe so i believe yeah. orange Cassidy has been some type of undefeated streak since winning this championship as he gets a standing ovation and that is your pay-per-view that is aw all out so brian um I'll, I'll let you get to your thoughts first um and then i'll get to mine in just a second now i know john moxley had a match with ar fox i believe it was some type of uh some I guess some type of uh challenge, like maybe open challenge or something. I don't freaking know. Um, but just yeah, your overall thoughts, at least from from the notes from what I was able to write down here, and your overall thoughts on the 
Moxley being your new international champion and in, uh, in Orange Cassidy and where he goes from here? Um, well, again, with Moxley, I got to go back to last or this past Saturday's collision. And, um, man, he, he cut a awesome promo too, um, regarding this match, just in, um, you know, it was the way he delivered it and, and just, it's, it just fits Mox's style, his, his vibe. Right. Um, so I thought that was a really good promo. Um, uh, look at this match, um, does Moxley need this title? No. Um, what he's going to do with it or, or whatever. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk more about Orange Cassidy here because he also had a moment. So he opened Dynamite last night. Yeah. Um, in which the crowd gave him his flowers. And we've spoken a lot on here about Orange Cassidy, right? I, I like the guy. I think he his shtick and what he does has a place in wrestling, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um. What he's shown just on the consistency being on there. Now we've come, you know, had our issues with, he doesn't always need to start the show, but I will give him his flowers on the fact that he's been one of the guys that has been on there week in, week out, busting his ass. Um, And it just with, within the creation of AEW, since, you know, Orange Cassidy came on the scene here, like everything he's done has gotten him to where he is now. He has made himself a star and I I can't fault the guy for that. This is my gripe with it. And I I could put orange Cassidy here. Hell I could put, um, Oh shit. What's her name? Uh, Jade Cargill in the same category. Um, it seems like a lot of what they did to build these, right. Is, is just, it's it's the Goldberg game plan. Now, granted, the Orange Cassidy put on far better matches than Goldberg, but name me one feud Orange Cassidy was in, right? He wasn't. It was just a bunch of singles matches that nothing carried over. There was no storyline told. It's just a bunch of single matches, one after another, and he continues to win. Same thing as Goldberg. Same thing you did with Jade Cargill. That... It just that way of building somebody just doesn't stick to me. Like you, you need a feud. You need a memorable opponent. You need a memorable storyline. Like you can have all the matches and the wins and the whatever you want, but right, it were like name name me, and I'm sure there's the AEW marks and the the great matches. Like sure, somebody's going to remember this match or that match, but overall you're not remembering any of maybe this Moxley match because it, it showed a different side of, of, of uh, orange Cassidy, which I like, Yeah. but leading up to that, you're not going to remember any of the matches. There was no, no feud with you're anybody, not, right? You're not going to remember matches with AR Fox. You're not going to remember matches with Swerve Strickland. You're not going to remember matches with big bill. You're not going to remember matches with any of these fucking people. You're just, you're yeah. just not, not none of them. So, yeah, I mean, to close that out, like, I, I, I respect Orange Cassidy and how he's gotten his character over. And I want to hopefully this does change a little bit where you see a little bit more of the, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, a serious side, a, a vicious side or, or, or whatever it is with Cassidy. But um, that that's really my only gripe with it is that you, you just it's just match after match after match with no continuity to anything. So, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And listen, and I'll give 
Orange Cassidy is his praise too. Um, listen, he he he's no doubt he shows up and he's been very consistent in what he's yeah. been told to do at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, as far as his his title reign is concerned, yeah, I'm not gonna maybe maybe I'll remember pieces of this match, maybe. But that's really that's really it, guys. I, I mean, let's not fucking fool ourselves here. This title reign was fucking irrelevant, and it's no fault mainly to to, to Orange Cassidy of, of his own. Um, but here's the thing, too, Brian. It's like there's only so much you can do with a character like that. You know, yeah, it, it's just right. like there's only so much you can evolve with a character like that with Orange Cassidy. So now. Now that he's lost this title, it's just like, now what do you do with him? Is he just going to just be attached to with best friends and put on really good six-man tag matches? Or are they I actually going to maybe evolve his character? <laughs> I, I like, that's the thing, right? Because I, I, don't, I don't know where you, yeah. where, where, where you possibly go from here. Are you really going to tell me that this dude is going to be – listen, as much as I respect Orange Cassidy, as much as I res- respect the guy and, and is, I'm sure he's got a lot of you know work ethic and – and he, and, he, and he respects and admires the business. I'm sure he does. But are you telling me now, like, the next step is always is, is world championship gold? Guys, no. stop. No. <laughs> just fucking guys, just stop. Because there, there's only so much you can do with this character, right? And, and that's yeah. why, to me, like, yes, as much as I want to see the, the guys succeed, I never got on board with the character because there's only so much you can just throw up thumbs up and just wear the shades and just say whatever all the time and just you know there's only <laughs> right. so much you can have the hands in the pockets right there's only mm-hmm. so much you can really do with that longevity of the character you know it's like the same thing we talked about with mjf there's only so many feuds we can see the dude you know hiring a bunch of cronies to do his dirty work for him to get the baby face to have the the title match or match with him there's only so much you can do with that so that that's just my gripe, in, in, or not my gripe, just my take in regards to that. And my final take here is this with John Moxley. Um, I and listen, if if Orange Cassidy, if this was the time for him to lose the championship, which I agree, I, I think in this type of setting and all out Chicago, it's a pay per view, regardless of how it was thrown together. This is a setting to where you lose the championship. However, to John Moxley, man, is just that's it's it's not the guy and i'm not saying that he's not the guy and because he's not worthy of being a champion it's just that this dude was a he was your world heavyweight champion or just your aw world champion and the face of this company and now he's and now you're telling me he's going to he's going to downgrade to a, a what i guess you could say a mid card title that is the international champ it's like the same thing i always say about Drew McIntyre it's like you're going to bring this guy back to win a to win an intercontinental championship, a guy that was on top of the wrestling world when he won the Royal Rumble and when he won the WWE Championship in front of nobody, unfortunately. But you're going right. to take that same guy and have him now go after a mid card for what? It's I I don't and for John Moxley, it's just like you know, it just doesn't make sense to do. Like there, it just this is a guy that doesn't like you said, Brian. He does not need the championship. And if you book the title, Orange Cassidy, and the person that he loses it to it properly, then then, then you're on to something, right? Now, who would that person be, James, if it's not John Moxley? Well, I, I don't know. Because, <laughs> again, it's just like the I mid-card. Go ahead, <laughs> shoot it. To the... Swerve. Swerve straight. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. If you book him properly, yeah. I mean, you know, and again, and I think that's also kind of the – 
the gist of this mid card division. And, and also we've talked about the TNT title situation and how poorly that's been and how poorly the mid card division has been booked because of that set title. So yeah, no swerve Strickland is definitely a name. Um, and, and maybe there's a name that I'm just, I'm just, that's not coming to the top of my head, but I'm sure if you book somebody properly, whether maybe it is a swerve Strickland or, or whoever it is, right. Or a will hot, like a will Hobbs, a powerhouse Hobbs, Right, if you book him properly, and you book him in that mid card division properly, Miro. I could see him taking. Yep. Man, yeah, Miro, Miro, absolutely for sure. You know, there's all of these other fucking people. John Moxley, man, a guy that is legit, arguably the face of this company, and was a world champion in this company. Guys, come on, man. It's just it doesn't. Yeah. It, I, I can't say this championship victory did anything for him. Um, it's like he he went out there and defeated Ar Fox. Okay fucking great does anybody care about what he's doing and 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 what he's involved in with that championship as well as with the bcc the answer is fucking no i'm sorry um so i will say i don't know if you saw it on dynamite last night but so yeah cassidy opens the show right he's leaving up the ramp and before he's out like mox is hitting the ring and the, I mean, they're obviously teased, like yeah. Cassidy kind of looks back and, you know, they're, they're going to have a rematch. I'm sure that's what they're teasing, but I don't know how you can top that from freaking Sunday night if you're going to have a rematch, but man, oh yeah. my God, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just this mid car division, as well as the women's division, we've talked about it is really just lacking Obviously, of course, not just not just talent. I'm not just talking about talent. It's just the booking and how everybody just feels, right? There's names, right? We said Miro, oh, yeah. Hobbs, frickin' Swerve Strickland, right? There's a lot of names that you can throw out there. I mean, shoot, frickin' Ricky Starks, <laughs> Ricky Starks. If you want to throw, if you uh, if you want to throw that name in there as well, if you want to boost his his credibility, his momentum, you involve him in a feud with Orange Cassidy or or somebody. Right. And you get him momentum going. And then at some point when the timing's right, you put him back into that world, that world uh, title discussion, you know, because I could see freaking Ricky Starks being in that world championship picture before I see Orange Cassidy. Oh, any freaking day. So it just has to be the right person at the right time, at the right place at the end of the day. But just to have these title switches because it's John Moxley and it makes more sense because of his character development, guys, that's, to me, that's not a good enough excuse because you sh- you what you could because John Moxley does not need that title. It does nothing for him winning that title, and you could be giving that moment to of your other mid card talent that needs that moment, that needs that momentum, that needs that character development. So, who who knows, man? Um, so we'll see moving forward. So all in is done, all out is done. As now we're getting now closer. Or now we're now on the cusp of, I believe, Grand Slam, AW Grand Slam, which I believe is like their weekly pay-per-view event. And I believe that's going to be the next time that MJF defends his championship as well as the world, uh, the uh, AW world title was not defended on this pay-per-view at all out. So we shall see, man. Uh, so Punk is now officially done. He's gotten Das Boot. And now AW, you know, moves on without him on the roster so how that goes about business we shall soon 
find out. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. This was our AEW All Out review. And of course, meshed in a little bit of a of AEW Dynamite from last night as well, as we'll be back on a normal schedule with Dynamite and Collision starting next week. So that'll be next Thursday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Um, as well as this weekend, we have both Monday Night Raw and SmackDown to cover, as well as we have a new topic for our top five list, uh, which is going to be this weekend. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. As you know, it's no longer going to be top five wrestlers of the week. There's going to be a new topic for each of these top five lists. So it'll be starting this weekend. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that um, once we do cover that for this weekend. But thank you guys so much once again when you guys are watching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys are watching this episode. I want to thank you guys for always tuning in. Make sure you guys follow us on our social medias. Make sure you guys join our Facebook page or Facebook group, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. We are now, TikTok is now getting close. They're on the cusp of us hitting 900 followers on TikTok. So that is very, very exciting to see. Uh, thank you to everybody who has followed those platforms and has joined us on these episodes. Um, just again, can't thank you guys enough and just make sure you hit that notification bell on our platform for more episodes to come. So Brian, floor is yours, man. Your final thoughts in regards to everything, pretty much the floor is yours. I'll just give a couple quick shout outs. Uh, let me go back to collision first. Um, so Aussie Open had a match on Collision and Dynamite uh, this week. So I, I just seeing more of them. I, I really like them as a tag team. Hopefully I see more of them. Uh, Claudio and Yuta had a pretty damn good uh, backstage promo. Um, <laughs> this is the one drawback. Listen, any wrestling company in, in the world, never, ever, ever try to bring Dennis Ryman back into wrestling. Like, just don't, <laughs> don't fucking do it. I did it, see that. <laughs> it's had its moment in 1998, Dennis and Rodman. it was a different time, a different era. Rodman was, he was, a, uh, he was, was a special I cat. was like, what is the, what is, what in the WCW is going on here, bro? <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Just don't, just don't do it. Um, uh, the last one, um, uh, there. Uh, this was going to dynamite last night. Uh, Hangman and Swerve. Um, getting ready to. Looks like they're getting ready to do a program. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that and seeing where that goes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there is definitely like you know. Of course, in this company, we always talk about the talent, the potential in the company. Is I'm sure there's going to be a lot new feuds being set up. You know, whether Tony Khan delivers. You know, because I'm sure he's got a lot of. Um, what, what, what do you want to call it? You know, now that punk is gone, you know, now he's under a lot more, I guess, you know, pressure on himself as well as the entire wrestling world to really kick things into high gear now with punk being away from the company. So it's going to be interesting, interesting to see where this company moves forward, mo uh, moving forward into the fall or into the end of this calendar year. You know, where does MJF and Adam Cole go into with Samoa Joe being a part of it? So, yeah, man, a lot of questions, a lot to see what's to come, and we'll be here to talk all about it. So thank you guys once again for tuning in. That's going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And your boys are signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.